Running Wild with Christine. Sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 67. Because I'm insane and I've recorded 67 of these bad boys. <laughs> Jesus. Today we're here with my really good friend, Brian. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm so hungover and just like you. <laughs> yeah. Coffee is the best thing ever. Yeah. And by the way, guys, we're recording this at three in the afternoon. <laughs> it's not even the morning. Um, so Brian and I met on set of the show. Do you remember the first time we met? Um, was it? Yeah, it was the terror. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You were, we were sick as a fucking... Stanley Park. Yeah. Yeah. That was not a good day. <laughs> you were wearing one of those face masks thing? Yep. What are they called? Yeah, the respiratory... Yeah. Oh, God. And like your hat and your I, scarf. I didn't even know what you looked like for like a I got week. sick in that thing when I was wearing it <laughs> on set. What? Yeah, I caught it and I just threw it in the garbage. No one's seen it. No way. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I had never known that. No, I keep, I keep a good secret. Were you actually sick or were you hungover? I was hungover. <laughs> I get sick like once a year, but when I'm sick, I'm sick. Jeez. Everything else is always self-inflicted. Yeah. And then we worked together for five months mm-hmm. in the hardest show ever. Blistering cold, rain, snow, sun. Snow, ice. Yeah. Heat. We had everything on that fucking show. It was rough. So, Brian... You grew up in Nova Scotia? Mm-hmm. Digby, Nova Scotia. How many people live in Digby? 2,000. 2,000 people? Yeah. And it's spaced out. Like, there's, like, counties. There's Annapolis Valley, which is uh, 200 kilometers long, and then Digby, Dearmouth. So it's, like, 2,000 stretched out. Jesus. I know everyone in that town. <laughs> How many people were in your school? 300, I think, max. With, like, all the grades? But that's, it's grades 6 to 12. So there's an elementary school that goes from primary to six. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, 300. Probably in both schools, so there's probably about, you know... 600 kids. The kids, the kids make up half the population. <laughs> <laughs> My graduating class only had like 50, 60 people, I think. That's I think. crazy. I think. I can't remember. Jeez. So you like grew up with like the same five people around you? Yeah. Yeah. And most of them unrelated to it. <laughs> Ain't dating hard. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, dating was off. When did you start dating and who did you date? Oh my god. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I could insert a joke here. Uh, I think I was 13. And I met a really cool goth chick. We had the best three months of our lives together. Ooh. What did you do? <laughs> Everything? A lot of oral. I told my mom about it. Did you? Yeah. What'd your my, mom say? On my birthday. I just yelled it. You were like, Mom, I'm having oral sex. Yeah. And <laughs> I forgot my grandmother was in the house. So no. she heard it too. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it was funny though. What did your mom say? I don't remember, but it wasn't a good reaction. No? No. I, I she lost. was disappointed. I literally, they, they, they freaky Friday'd me. They took my door off my room for <gasps> like a month. I was not allowed to have a door. <laughs> I've shaved so many years off my parents' life. Oh my god. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so wait, what happened after that girl? We broke up, and then I met another girl who was big into basketball. And a lot of oral. <laughs> Where was that my peak? sexual peak at 13? Where were those girls from? Like, Digby? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So they were like the two that weren't related to you? Yeah. The only two. <laughs> no, there was, there was quite a few people I'm not related to there, but yeah. Thank Christ. Jeez. And then, and then what happened? So you, you graduated high school. Did you already meet Tammy by then or no? I did actually because Tammy was in our school for like a week. Oh. And then she got arrested for being drunk on school property. At how old? Uh, 16. Okay. Something I like was drunk on, on, at school. At yeah, something like that. So I, I met her briefly. And then after I graduated, I moved to Halifax, worked for three months pushing fucking shopping carts. And said, this, um, yeah, this sucks. I'm moving back home. Went and lived with my mom again. And I bumped into her. And within a month, we were living together. What? I really rushed it, yeah. Where did you move into? Uh, a little place in Deep Brook, which is a neighboring town outside of Digby. 
and it was awful. Alcohol really just fueled the relationship. That's how we met. We both drank. That's that was our. That was your thing. That was our thing. How long were you together? At that point, because we broke up. No, no, like in total. Oh, in total, uh, eight years. Eight years. Eight so years. when did you start? When did you move in together? How old were you? Twenty. Jeez. Twenty to twenty-eight. That's a fucking huge chunk of one's that's life. That's like a third almost. Yeah. Yeah. So you broke up. You said. At some point? No, it was 19 to 27. 19 to 27. Yeah, 19 to 27. Because I moved out here right after. Yeah. I was 27. Yeah, math. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> seven plus seven minus seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're an accountant. I know. <laughs> but, um, so, you moved in together after a month. Yep. And then, how did that go? Uh, like, like, were you guys, were you working? Uh, I was, I was. I was working at a call center, and it was awful. Yeah, I've done that. It's the worst. And Nova Scotia has really bad work. Um, You can't get consistent work all year. Usually you get laid off. I've been on EI like seven times. Because every winter, you need those hours to get on your EI. Because there's nothing. Nothing in the winter. The bosses are pretty much the only ones that work grocery stores, stuff like that, and they're they're pushing carts. It's pretty rough. Why? Because everyone just like leaves, or yeah, it's just I don't think there's enough money to pe- keep people on payroll. That's crazy. Yeah, I've had so many jobs. I've had close to forty jobs before I even got into film. I've done everything. That's insane. So wait, so you moved in with her, worked at the call center, and then when did you get your accounting degree? <laughs> The, when I started, I was 25. Okay, yeah. so like later. Yeah. So you guys moved in together. Was it ever like rosy and fun or did was yeah. it always toxic? Yeah, well, after our first breakup, we got back together and I moved to her her hometown, which is on the other side of Nova Scotia. And we, and we moved in and we had our own apartment and it was awesome. No parents. Why did you break up the first time? Uh... What was it? Uh, I had a I had a sneaking suspicion that she cheated on me. That's why you broke up with her. Yeah, I heard I heard kissing in the other room. So I just fucking bailed. Yeah. Well, I could have beat him out, but. It's not Who was just, it? I want to say it's her friend. That was in your apartment. Yeah, in he the was other just room? visiting. He had a really douchey name too. He was like Jai or Todd or something. Oh. Fuck. No one kisses a Todd on my watch. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty shitty. So I just fucking bailed, and then I went to a downward spiral, a spiral where I just drank every day and listened to Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah in the dark. I'm only laughing because I've seen you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. music in the dark. That's a true story. I didn't discover Lana Del Rey until later in life. <laughs> Love you, Lana. Yes, yes, Lana, if for some reason someone shows this to you, yeah. we have your biggest fan here on my couch. Biggest. Yeah, and then uh, what happened after that? Yeah, we got back together again, and I got laid off in the winter. We both weren't working. She didn't work much, ever. But, yeah, couldn't pay the bills, so I ended up moving back. I was like, Mom. Then we did. We moved to Alberta a few times for looking for work, and... I think it was all in all three times, back and forth. Jeez. She just wouldn't work, and I couldn't hold down a, an apartment by myself. No. No, especially when you need to be two people. Yeah. When did it start going really south? Uh, the moment I was in school. The moment I started trying to do accounting. Because I was working four jobs while I was in school. What jobs? I was pushing carrots. I was a janitor at my college. And I was also doing bookkeeping. As I was learning how to do bookkeeping, I was doing clients' books Jeez. and getting them ready for accounting. But, uh, yeah, and then she moved in my, with me my second year of school, my last year, and she refused work, and I almost lost my place, so I had to drop out of school. Like I didn't drop out, but I failed because mm-hmm. I was putting more... Because you were stressed. I was putting more focus on just trying to pay the bills and concentrating yeah. on my final test but then after that my buddy uh my buddy evan called me up and he's like i'm working in film you should really get out here you're a good worker i've worked with evan mm-hmm. a few times before 
And, uh, yeah, he said, just come out and, you know, fuck Nova Scotia, come to BC, have a good time. And I did. And then when I got out here and I started working in film, I finished my schooling online and went back and graduated. Success story. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how uh, I got my my diploma, certified bookkeeper. That's awesome. Payroll. But you still work in film because I do because we're weirdos yeah. that all belong together in this weird world of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better way to describe it. Yeah, it's hard on your body. I tell you, the hours we work, stuff like that. People ask me why I'm in film, and I just say it's because I'm a sadomasochist. It's literally the only reason I can think of yeah. why I'm in it as well but uh, but essentially we started chatting on set because you have a really dark sense of humor very I'm keeping it so tame for you're, you you are you don't have to you're gonna lose viewers <laughs> doesn't matter um, we don't do it for that but basically you started um, because you find out found out about my podcast and my book and we started telling each other about like the weird sex stuff that we were like exploring and going through mm. and then through the jokes and the mini stories you and Ev not Evan, I guess, but Brandon, your other friend, um, we're starting to, like, discuss the fact that your relationship with Tammy was, like, super abusive. It's poisonous. But, but it's not a side of the story that's often talked about when you're the male abused. Yeah, it's weird, too, because it's not, like, physical abuse. Although she has physically abused me, she's knocked me out on several occasions. Knocked you out? Yeah, she knocked me out cold one night. We were, getting a, we were getting in a fight, and she we were in Alberta at this point. And she's like, "I want, I want to move back home," and I'm like, "Nothing's gonna be different. You're not gonna work back there either." So I took my entire paycheck out of my pocket, and I threw the money at her, and I'm like, "You fly yourself home. I'm staying out here," and she knocked me out. Like punched you out I, in the I face. I woke up surrounded by my money. <laughs> I was on the floor next to my money that I had thrown at her. And she was gone. Oh, she was in the room doing something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fuck. Girls can't hit. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 100%. Oh yeah. But you're saying that wasn't even the worst part about it, wasn't the no. physical violence? No. What uh, was the worst she part? She put me down quite a bit. I, like, I'd tell her, like, even even before I knew film was a thing, I always knew I'd like to do it or try it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I'll take some courses and I'll try to do something in Nova Scotia and she's like that's stupid you're not gonna you're not gonna find any work it's a pipe dream and every every time I had something positive that didn't consist of me working a dead-end job just to pay the bills yeah she would shoot it down immediately and she she wouldn't let me hang out with my friends yeah that's what the boys were saying yeah I wasn't allowed to go out drinking unless it was with her yeah and that was always a shit show because she'd get hammered Jeez. Yeah. I lost a lot of friends in the process of being with Tammy. What made you stay? I don't know. It was definitely like... I've always had this weird attachment thing. Where when I have someone I don't want to... I don't want to lose them. Because I, I had a big dry spell from like 13 where I didn't date until I was like 20. 19, 20. Yeah. So I tried to make it work. And I always believe that you can always work through something. You can always get through it, no matter what it is. Yeah. And sometimes it's compromise, and you take you just have to take a bit off. Yeah. From yourself, but that's all I was doing. A thousand. When did you realize it wasn't fixable? My last year, because I told her I, I I basically said I'm gonna finish school, but after we're done school, and you can she was in school too, taking a year course, and she wasn't working, but I was. I said no matter no matter what happens. We're done. Like, finish your school, live your fucking rent free like you have been. Literally, after that, we're done. I'm moving. That's it. I'm not telling you where. And one day she just left and she didn't come back. She called me a week later and that was it. What did she say? Well, she was dealing with some other issues that had come to light with her family and some sexual abuse that happened to her and stuff like that. And I'd known about it, but she chose not to tell anybody. But I and she was sort of guilting me into like trying to stay now that she's worked through this issue. And I'm like, it's still, even though that's out now, I just I can't, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta make a life change. Yeah. So I did. 
do you feel like by telling you those secrets that was kind of like the intimacy that she was creating that made you sort of stay in care that definitely did because nobody knew nobody knew about that stuff and I knew about it for years and I yeah and I, I had such a fucking issue with it like it's the kind of thing I wanted to solve with violence there's so many times where I wanted to fight the person involved perpetrator yeah yeah and she would not let me yeah which is good because violence doesn't true, solve anything true but I just didn't want to sit there and say stay silent it yeah. really bothered me but other than that yeah that was the big thing that she tried to it felt like she was trying to bait me back into staying and now that that was out and I just couldn't so I had to I cut my losses and, and ran out here do you feel like there's a huge difference now that she's not in your life about, like how you think about yourself and like the opportunities that you give yourself do you feel like your own self-esteem has like drastically changed or yeah it actually has because the moment I moved out here I realized I could do whatever I wanted I could yeah you're capable and smart that was, individual and that, was a, that was a weird thing it's like I can I can do anything I want and I don't have to answer to nobody mm-hmm. which wasn't a good thing because I ended up doing a lot of alcohol <laughs> <laughs> I like I the, the seven years I wasn't allowed to drink, I've caught up. Were you not allowed to drink, like, but were you guys still drinking heavily together, or? No, not really. We would, often we'd, like, split a case of beer, and I'd have one or two, and then she would just start hiding them, or drinking them faster, and then she'd cut me off, and then immediately say, you're being a dick. And I'm like, I've had two beer. And she's like, well, that's too many, you can't, you can't hold your alcohol. Yeah, that kind of thing. So she hid my alcohol all the time, so I just got frustrated. So every time she took off or went somewhere for a weekend, I would just stay at home and just get hammered and just drink. Do you think it's because she was, like, forbidding you that it created yeah. this, like, weird yeah, it, it fucking was a, It was a need. Like, drug. I just needed to, to do it to know I could. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, the first year after, after the breakup, that was a rough year. There were, every time I drank, I wanted to call her and work it out. But I didn't. There's been no contact. It's been two years now. Still no contact. She, That's good. Like, the first year was really rough, though. She crept in quite a bit in my head. Now I don't think about her often. Other than right now, trying to. Yeah, because we're retracing this. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, I don't really I don't discuss it very much anymore. I used to get drunk and just bring it up all the time. Well, I mean, we th- the first time I got drunk with you, we brought it up, but in the sense that, not in the sense that you missed it, but in the sense that there were so many issues with, like, <clears throat> you not being fulfilled at all, sexually or otherwise. Fair enough. Very much so, actually, but I think it's awesome, because I say this often, since I moved out here in the two years I've been here, I've done more fun stuff in every regard sexually and socially socially and professionally professionally I've done so much in the in the last few years that it trumps the entire 27 previous I've done more in these two years than yeah. I have in my entire life yeah concerts and festivals parts, festivals and, and crazy shoots and alcohol and a bit of experimental and sexual bucket list <laughs> yeah and, and experimental drug use yeah just because it's fine in moderation. I'm learning that now. Yeah, I think that's good though. I think, I think it's funny because you you missed out on all that stuff in your early twenties. Yeah. And so you, it does seem like you're learning late, probably in comparison to others. But, but this is your first time at the rodeo, so, like Mod- we all learn at some point. The moderation's the hardest thing to learn, but yeah, I'm pretty excessive in that regard. I think that's that's a. It's definitely a, a home thing, though, because... An East Coast thing? Yeah, people people back home drink to get drunk, and then usually they'll fight or shoot their mouths off or just pass out. Like, if you weren't drunk on the weekend back home, you weren't... You didn't do a weekend. You weren't, you weren't doing anything. You are wasting your weekend. And that's that's a shitty way to live, but that's that's, that's how a live. lot of people live. Yeah. Alcohol's a, definitely a driving force. I feel like it's a difficult one when you come from that kind of culture to like separate 
the glass of wine of celebration or the beer of celebration being like, yay, we made it through to like the descent into like 17 beer by yourself. Yeah, well, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a fine line like to start being able to decipher which which is which. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like my stepdad, he uh, he drinks when he he drinks quite often now a little too much I think, but he's 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 a nice drunk when he is. Yeah. But he doesn't really get hammered. He just has occasional drinks and then he'll stop. But I've seen him drunk a few times. Mom's <laughs> like... Mom's fun. She, she doesn't usually drink though. No, mom doesn't drink off. She's a smoker. She she gets high quite a bit. <laughs> Smoke. She quit smoking cigarettes, and when she came off those, she was just smoking that many joints a day. <laughs> She's like fun. And then she started joints. painting. Like my when my mom quit everything, like she quit smoking cigarettes. She started smoking weed, and then she's knitting now and painting. She used to paint a canvas a day. That's amazing. I have no. I don't know where she gets her drive. I don't have Pro- that much Probably energy. from the 17 joints she's having. I don't have that much drive. Well, I mean, I think it'll come back. I think it cycles. Like, I think probably when you get to a point where you feel like you've done the work and the party and the social, you'll probably get back to painting and being creative. I have quite a few paintings right now in my room. I just haven't finished. They've been sitting there for probably six months. I just... I get. I think it's a winter thing. There's get, too much fun is. in the I, summer. I get hit with spells. Like... <laughs> I, oh, every time I'm at work, it's probably because I don't want to be there yeah. at the time. I'm just like, oh, I'd rather be at home painting. Yeah. But the moment I'm, I'm home, home, I'm watching movies or sleeping. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, you're in a new relationship now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have to stop yourself from bringing in old toxic shit that you built up with Tammy? I do it by myself. I, like, I... For an example, I went to a festival last week. Yeah. But I, I... Without her. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't there. And I felt like I had to talk to her and ask her if I was allowed. I really do. That's built into me now. Wow. So every time I do it, or any time I do anything, I tend to just always let her know. Yeah. There's a difference between letting, letting her, her know, know and, and asking approval. for permission. Yeah. But it's, 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 she's fucking great and she allows me to do whatever I want. She doesn't really like the drug use. Like, yeah, like anyone. Yeah, fair enough. But she just doesn't want me to die. Yeah, <laughs> which is not, a huge difference. I'm not doing anything heavy. I'm not shooting heroin, just so everyone Still, knows. Still, <laughs> the city is pretty dangerous for yeah. fentanyl and everything. So yeah. I'm concerned for any of my friends doing drugs for the same reason that I like them around. Not because I'm judging them for their usage of whatever it be. I think every single one of my friends is on the same page as you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're concerned for you because yeah. we're concerned for everyone that's doing it in the city. Fair so enough. that's that's <laughs> just that. But um, other than like asking for permission, is there like, do you still have like moments? Because I know it's happened recently where like I'll like Mark will say something and it'll like trigger like old patterns that I had from Liam, and it'll literally feel like PTSD. It'll feel like... Yeah, I definitely And then I'll have, see it and I'll be like, oh my god, that is not, like, stop it. This is not the person. I Chill. I definitely have relationship PTSD. Right? And, like, it, it takes a toll on me in weird ways that I don't notice until, like, after the permission thing's won. Um, I know there's other things. Like, fuck, it's hard to, it's hard to put a, a thumbnail on it. Figure it out, but... There's quite a few incidences now where I catch myself doing it and just like, Brian, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, just stop. Just live live your best life. But it's so hard. It's, it's, yeah, it's just in there subconsciously. It sucks. Do you find, do you find that she, Tammy, um, made you more suspicious of others or was it like so pervasive that it was always like, you're not good enough? Like, was she more someone who would... Were you angry at her or angry at yourself? Both. Both. I, I, like, after the breakup, the big one, I cast a lot of blame on myself. And I'm like, maybe in this situation, thinking back, if I had done it this way or just listened and didn't fight or start that argument, maybe we would be all right now. Maybe. I often think of what, what, uh, 
what my life would be like if I didn't make those changes. Would I be happy? Would I be miserable? Yeah. I yeah. I always think that, but what's done is done, and I don't. I, I feel like you're happy now. Yeah, though, I don't so regret. That's kind of what matters. I don't. I used to. My first year was a lot of regret, but I was at, I was happy too because I was doing all these new things, and I was with my friends. But now, I just have. I have no regret. I'm, I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. I feel like it's very... It's kind of hard to pinpoint, like, examples. Like, going back to the PTSD thing of, like, legit abuse. But, like, was there a moment in the relationship, like, before you guys broke up where, like, either your friends pointed it out or you realized you were like, this is not what a relationship is supposed to be? Yeah. And Evan, Evan's probably been the biggest influence outside of my relationship because ever since he he saw what was going on he's been just like get the fuck out it's poison you like why are you doing this to yourself you you deserve much better and i was blind to the fact that i did yeah i would just always ignore it and be like it's listen it's okay it'll everything will everything will work out but then it cost me my my friendship with evan for a brief time because i i started on facebook when i went to school and then she just deleted it She's like, you don't need to be talking to these people. What? Yeah. So then I started my it's Facebook. It's like such up. a pervasive emotional abuse to like completely detach you from yeah. anyone but her. It was a lot like Sleeping with the Enemy, that movie. <laughs> it's just like, you're not allowed to do this. Don't let me catch you doing this or we're going to fight. And then at the point where I was like, the last month where I knew I was going to break up with her, I'm just like, I'm just going to start a Facebook and it's going to start an argument. And that'll be that. Because I know what my initial plan is now, so I know I'm go- I know I'm out. So yeah. whatever I do at this point doesn't fucking matter. And then on my birthday that year, I just got shit faced. I showed up, I showed up at home just hammered, and she was pissed. What'd she do? Well, first off, she's like, "Where'd you get the money for it?" And I'm like, "My grandmother gave me money for my birthday," and I got drunk with it. And that was it. Yeah. Argu- argument started. That was it. But. What I'm surprised about, and I don't quite understand it, is because I was in this relationship for so long, and it was obviously abusive, is how come I didn't see it when I was in it? Because abuse has been in my family, fuck, my entire life, up until I was grade six. My mom went through a handful of fellows that were all pieces of shit. But I did not see myself when I was in it. And it... It bugs me to this day. I still can't identify it when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Did they make you understand your mom better? Oh, I've always understood mom. Mom raised me by herself. And she she deserves a medal or something. Because I myself am a fucking handful. <laughs> like a mom trying to raise a boy. Yeah. In that it's environment. Tough. It's tough. Because yeah. She didn't teach me any. I learned a lot of stuff fathers are supposed to teach their sons on my own. Yeah. Like how to shave. Yeah. I just stole one of my stepdad's razors when they first got together and I just started shaving. I didn't have fucking hair on my face, but I did it anyway. Yeah. So I wanted to be grown up. And now look <laughs> at me. I'm grown up. <laughs> Do you... I still shave. Yes, yes, yes. I can see that. Yeah, I still <laughs> um... I think that's a big one, though, the not recognizing that it's happening to you. And I think it co- goes back to the thing you said about, like, thinking that it's fixable or thinking that this is just the load you're supposed to bear in a relationship, that this is what a relationship looks like, that this is what it's supposed to feel like, that you're you're going to always have to compromise or, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this is not compromise. <laughs> like... This is abuse, and that that line is hard to see when you're in it and you care about the person, and you're like, I'm not gonna just give up on you, kind of thing. Fair enough. Whereas actually, you're giving up on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was that's such, the part. So I was see. such an angry person for those eight years, just always fucking angry. I'd get in fights all the time. Are you angry now? A little bit, but not with anybody in particular. I just, if what, when I think about, like, bringing up the past, obviously, it makes me a little anxious. Mm-hmm. But I think back farther, and I think about my mom and all those guys, and the physical and mental abuse she went through. 
makes me want to fight people. Well, yeah, because you wish you could have done something, but you couldn't have. I did do something once. Uh, one of my one of them, the worst one. I don't say his name. His name is Jerry. He put my mom in the hospital, and I was grade fuck? four, grade five, and I came home, and she was in the hospital. He was there, and my grandfather came up and picked me up. And just before my grandfather came and got me, he told me what he did, and I, I broke an ashtray over his face. How like, old were you, grade four? Uh, nine or ten. Jesus. Maybe eleven. I'm not sure. No, I think it was nine or ten. But yeah, I broke an ashtray over his face. <sighs> Cops were involved. I lived with my grandparents for a month. My mom recovered, and then I switched towns. So I was, and then I moved to Digby, because I was in Annapolis for. Three or four years prior to Digby. But I was born at Digby. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you, still, do you talk about it sometimes with your mom? Like no, now as a grown-up? Not really. I mean, we've had, we've, we've had those discussions. But they're always happy now because mom's happy. She's with a guy who's... I, or I look at him like he's my father. Yeah. He's been, he's been around for, since... Well, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. They've been married for 15. Nice. Yeah, so I look at him like a father. And Did your mom say reason. anything to you when you were with Tammy? Yeah, get out. Often. She's like, what? Just stop going back. And then when I did, she would always, when I'd go back, she's like, well, if it makes you happy. And it obviously didn't, but yeah, there was something driving me back. It wasn't just the sex. No, because if you think about it now, the sex wasn't even that good. No, it was awful. Wasn't that crazy? I saw this meme yesterday that was like, um, uh, it was sort of like, um, the sex with your worst ex always sounds so good because they wouldn't give you any other kind of intimacy. And that's why that felt good. If I so win- there's that. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, that is so true. If I, like, if I went back now, it would just be hate fucking. Oh, and it would be bad. Yeah, it would be Like, it happened, it happened to me a couple of times where there were people that I was like, I know you're toxic for me, but the sex is so good. And I went back and I was just like, the sex is not good. What was I thinking? Makeup, the romantic makeup sex is pretty good. But other than that, that was it. Yeah. Give it up for missionary, folks. Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> and look at us now. Fuck, I hate missionary. <laughs> I don't mind it every now and then, but... I just don't like That's doing like all the work. It's like a transition. Fucking, I don't like doing all the work. <laughs> I should be skinnier. Yes. <laughs> because I have a stride. I have a, yeah, I, I know all the tricks. <laughs> you learn them quick when you're the only one doing the work. Yeah, that's true. I feel that also from my perspective. Yeah. Evan, if you're listening, you'll find out. <laughs> Oh my god. I Evan is going to listen. You I know lo- he will. I love picking on Evan and Brandon so much. I, they're my they're my brothers in this regard, but I love fucking with them so much. You know me. I fuck with everyone. I know. But it's nice to... It's nice that you have them, though. I feel like if you didn't have... I feel like a lot of guys don't have guy friends that they can confide in and talk about the real shit with and that'll call you out on your bullshit and, like, care for you, like... Well, fuck, I used to not, I, like, talking about feelings. Yeah. Not, was not my forte. I just kept it inside and, you know, let it build up and I'll explode on someone one day and probably go to jail. Like, I'll just hold all these emotions in. But, no, you do you actually talk about them now. Like I do. I, now I do. Yeah. Because I'm like, what do I have to lose? Like, since I moved here, I've just felt free. Free Isn't as a bird. Isn't it amazing when like, you don't have I'll anyone whatever judging I you? Want. And, yeah. I, the, the idea of getting into stand-up comedy for me right now is always there. Every day. You should do it. I used to I used to think about doing it and again, get shut down. And she'd be like, let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. But now it's it's there. Do it. Every day. And I think I'm, I, I just got to prepare something. Yeah, I think it's it's just the material has to be written down. But I feel like you, you could totally do it and it would set you free in a lot of ways. Because, I mean, I think the reason why we decided to do the podcast or we've been talking about doing the podcast episode forever was because 
like even if you did it under jokes or whatever you were still like in the midst of like that show that was like killing us all because we were so exhausted you were like yeah i'm feeling quite depressed again like blah 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 blah. and we were talking about mental health openly yeah even though it was a joking undertone it still had like we were obviously talking about real issues yeah for all of us and like a lot of dudes don't actually do that and i think it probably took you a very long time to get to a place where you could actually talk about it yeah like especially when i met when i met evan in high school i would always goof around and joke around and before that i didn't really have any friends i I was like friends with everybody but not yeah not like not to the point where yeah not to the point where i trust anybody with any information and then i met just a bunch of people that i felt free around and ever since then i've just been that asshole who always runs his lips says funny stuff where he'll do anything for a laugh but he's also a decent human being mm-hmm. at least I think that man I am floating my own boat <laughs> <laughs> but that's good yeah <laughs> I think I think it's nice though because if you think about all the shit that you used to say about yourself and what you say now about yourself yeah. that's a pretty good feeling well when you film like the hours and the shows and stuff we do runs you down and then I think that has it doesn't affect you. It does affect you mentally, yeah. though. Of course it does. But you get you. I get seasonal depression. That's what I think it is. It's just yeah. in spurts. But it's getting better. I used to be this way 24-7, 365 days a year. What do you think changed? What helped you? Other than... The transition. The, the move, definitely. And knowing that my mom... I talk to my mom often, and she can tell that I'm happy. I'm really far away, and I miss home a lot. But... I know there's not a place in Canada I wouldn't be doing any better. This is yeah. the best spot for me to be. And I'm around like-minded individuals. Yeah. I fucking love Vancouver. <laughs> I really do. It's nice, though, because I spend a lot of my time shitting on Vancouver. Well, it's the rain. It the rains. rain and also, it like... rains for six months. Dude, yesterday we were at the Bon Iver concert, and the fucking guy next to me... My, my friend was... My, my friend invited me to the concert and she's like a mom of two under five and she was just like I'm gonna get tipsy and go to Bonnie Barrett so we we're like slightly sloshed but who cares it's a fucking concert floor tickets had a great time and the guy next to us was like you're very drunk can you stay in front of your seat and she wasn't even like past her seat yeah and we were like fuck off dude like yeah. listen to music in your own living room if you don't want to be bothered this is a concert yeah I fucking can't stand people like that. So that's why, like, I spend some of my time shooting on Vancouver because I'm like, there's a lot of. What are you doing? Sorry, guys, cops or something outside the window. Um, They finally tracked me down. (laughs) They found you. They found me. But yeah, like, I spent a lot of my time shooting on Vancouver for that. But at the same time, I remember exactly that feeling like ten years ago when I moved here, and I was just like, oh my god. I can do anything I fucking want. Yeah. Being like, I could so easily fuck up right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but also, maybe what if I don't? I gotta keep myself in check often. <laughs> I'm getting better though because, as you know, with the terror, every weekend I was partying. Every weekend. But now, I just, I just like maybe two months ago, I up and decided, enough. Let's just yeah. take a break. Let's calm down on getting drunk all the time and making terrible fucking choices. And the first three the first three weeks were really tough really tough like every weekend I felt like I wasn't utilizing my time correctly by not drinking and I feel better now but I've got it in check so now I got drunk last night I got drunk last night it was night. the first time in like two months that's good it was nice and I woke up with no hangover I was surprised I think when you're getting older like now I wake up without the hangover and then it creeps up on me yeah like I didn't like have a hangover. four hours later I felt like a bag of dicks, but I didn't have a headache, and that's... Yeah, without the drugs, you don't have a bar headache. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of what that's happens. Good. Your belly's a little like, what the fuck, but right that's on. about it. So how long does one podcast session last you? Well, I mean, we could end it now, or we can talk for 20 more minutes. It's up to you. 20 more minutes. All right, good. <laughs> I feel like we Do you just... have more shit to say? Well, probably. Oh, my God. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What's, um... What's the scariest thing that you've had to deal with, like, since being here? Being here? Or with her. Whatever. Hmm. Well, dating, obviously dating. 
dating was tough. I did, I did lock up and find someone, but dating's always been tough. I, I have a really poor mental Im image of myself. I don't think highly of myself. I definitely don't think I'm attractive. Which is ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> you should have seen how uncomfortable he looks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm, it's something I'm slowly getting over. I'm trying to boost up my ego a bit, but I don't have much one. Other than that... And that's that scary to you? It's just like seeing yourself in other people's eyes like yeah. when you're dating? Yeah, that's terrifying. Physical fears of moving to Vancouver are the traffic. <laughs> Learning how to drive here sucks. Uh, I think you've got the hang of it. I do now, but I mean, population 2000 to Vancouver <laughs> was fucking tough. And I, I, hate, I hate being in crowded areas. Yeah. Like all the time. I, I definitely hide my room often. Door closed. I just want to be by myself. I like the hustle and bustle of the city, but at the same time, it's killing me inside. I just I want to. Bet. I want to go fishing in a boat. You can still do that by myself. Here. I've I've attempted to go on, go fishing like three times, and it's always crowded. And I just said, "Fuck this, I'm leaving." Oh my gosh, you should go and visit Mark's dad. He goes fishing up on up island. Me and Mark are supposed to go fishing. I need. You to go. should go. Quadra was fun. That's like near there. That's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. He, he lives up there? His dad does. Oh, shit. Yeah. See? I it doesn't have to be... See, I'm the opposite, because I grew up in Europe, in also a small town. Like, when I was nine, it became a city and crossed 10,000 people. But, like, it was, like, probably, like, six, 7,000 when I was a kid. And then... But it's Europe! So it's not spread out. It's tiny as fuck. Yeah. Everyone is crammed together. If you drive 10 minutes, you're in another town... So for me, Vancouver is like really spread out and there's like room and yeah. there's no traffic. And so it's like yeah. the opposite because I'm like... It makes me not want to travel the world. <laughs> it makes me not want to go to Europe. It makes me not want to leave Canada. <laughs> you would like it, I feel like, because you would know you, you're able to leave. It's not like we're forcing you to live there. Yeah, It's I like know. temporary. Yeah. I've got to get my passport. You still don't have I a passport. Still I just keep, like, there's nowhere I want to go right now. It's right there. We live two hours from the U.S., man. Exactly. I don't want to go there. Oh. You don't get me started on shootings. I'll make so many jokes right now. About shootings? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, do you really think that's your fear? Like, if you cross into the border, you'll get shot? shot? Probably. Uh, well, it's because I'm Canadian, and I'm from Nova Scotia. I shoot my mouth off a lot. So when I see someone who's being a dick... So you're afraid even of the border guys? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they are fucking scary. Yeah, they'd shit. be like, uh, excuse me, sir, do you have any drugs or anything? Like, mind your fucking business, dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't go to the U.S. Yeah, border just yet. I'm not ready. I have to take a, a course or something. <laughs> In, like, human interaction with Border Patrol? Yeah. <laughs> human, I, I don't know. I think I could talk myself through it. Maybe. I think it'd be fine. There's, I think I don't give yourself enough credit. I've seen you like handle some really difficult conversations and situations on set, and you dealt perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm good at talking to people. I just, I just, the main reason I don't want to travel, it's not all that. It's the main reason I don't want to go to the States in particular. So there's not very much there I want to see. What like, do you want to see? I, it's a cultural thing, so I want to go somewhere where there's the food's good and the music's good and the alcohol's good. Like, I mean, that New describes, Orleans like, is, Texas or New Tennessee Orleans is or where I want to go. New Orleans, yeah. Because, oh, fuck. Just thinking about it. And I have a... I have <laughs> Just a, all the crayfish. I, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> alligator, too. I've had alligator here in Vancouver, and it's delicious. My favorite bar in the city. Bar? Which one? Wheezy's. Where's that? I've never been to Wheezy's. I think it's on Maine. No, it's not on Maine. Where is it? The next one over. Can be? Can be. And they ha it's a jazz bar. So we should like, go. I go. I go any any day. Weezies. I've never been. You guys, if you've been, let us know what you think about it. It's amazing. And I need to take you to Key Party. Yeah. Secret bar on Main Street. There's so many that many hides many. behind an accountant's office front. Oh, it's a front. Yeah. Nice. There's so many good little hidden gems in the city. I found. It's it's getting there. I like it. I mean, I f this is also the reason why I feel like you should travel. Because, like, I brought Mark to Belgrade and he was like, what the actual fuck? I feel like you would lose your mind. You'd be like, this is the best place I've ever been. What's that place? Belgrade is the capital of Serbia. It's um, where my mom's from. And it's literally, like, every place that every bone in your body 
and I've laughed about this with people who've been to Belgrade, like every intuition of your Western body goes, let's not go there. That's a weird alley. We'll probably get killed. That's a hundred percent where the patty's party's at. Keep going. Really? <laughs> like, everybody in your mind is like, is this here? And then you'll like randomly start hearing some weird bass line and like you keep going and it's definitely like some weird small underground door and you walk in there's like 300 people partying. I've seen like, I'm fearless in that regard, especially if I've had a few beer. Yeah. I'm fearless. I don't, I don't give a fuck. A uh, funny story that happened here after we wrapped a television show, went out drinking with all the actors and I came back I was in a cab, I was hammered and I seen a guy wearing a yellow mask so I said Mr. Cab Driver sir stop I said that a lot more drunker though but yeah. I got right out and I had to go interact with this person I put myself in the probably most dangerous spot you could be in Vancouver because he didn't say, he didn't speak a word to me and the guy with the yellow mask yeah just and like I, a latex yellow mask no it's like a giant yellow monster mask and he had like carpet hair and yeah, it was nonsense. And I was hammered. And I was just like trying to hang out with him. Do you think they were like a psychopath? I don't know. He was either going to a rave, like a super awesome costume rave, but it was December. And, <laughs> or he was on his way to get his next victim. Like it was oh one of those kind gosh. of things. So my, he was, had a little shopping cart with like little tiny fake gifts in it. And I said, I want to buy you a cheeseburger. And I tried to convince him to come to McDonald's, and he wouldn't. He didn't say a word. He just left. And I recorded all of it. <laughs> so one day, your worst nightmare can just be replayed? Yeah. I, I watch it often. <laughs> oh my god, that is I, so surreal. I have a bad habit of taking videos when I'm drunk. Of things that... I mean, at least you know what you did. Yeah. And it's like, like, my first year here, I recorded the first six months. Dude, one day you could totally make a documentary out of it. I yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna do something with the footage. One day I was downtown and a drugged out homeless person asked me for twenty bucks. I was lost, drunk at a at a bus station, couldn't figure out how to get home because I just moved here. Yeah. And I'm like, sure, but you gotta sing for it. And me and her sat down and sang "Buffalo Soldier" and "I Will Always Love You." Yes. I will always love you in duet with Strange yeah. Lady. Strange, yeah. Her name was Brian Maroney. Weird. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun time. Oh my gosh. I want to be Drunk Brian just for a minute. Drunk just Brian to is like fucking... see what kind of adventures he's, he he's, Drunk Brian's fun, but he gets me into trouble. <laughs> like today, I lost my wallet. I know. And I had to go get it just before I got here. But at least you got it. I got it. Do you know what? I found my credit card on the counter and not in my wallet this morning. So I don't know what it was up to either. Yeah, my my roommates probably... <laughs> you gotta give it up for them guys because they've seen me in every light. I've lost my phone. I've lost my, my wallet a couple times. I'm just... You'd think we'd be adults by now. Yeah, no. Not yet. <laughs> I think... Do you think that's what draw, draws us to the film industry is that like no one's an adult? Yeah, even the, even the grown-ups are pretty fun. And like clueless. But I think it's like everybody slowly lost their mind. Yeah. That's it. And that just sounds right. With, we're just going with it. I think that's it. Do you think that's like the change in mental health that we need to have? Is like everybody's weird. Yeah. We're I, all... I think that's why I like it though because I've been weird by myself for years. <laughs> now you can be weird. And now I I have a bigger family. A crew of weirdos. Yeah. Do you think that's what really helps? Like now. Definitely. Do you find yourself? Because I know you went to this festival, your first ever festival, yeah. last weekend or a couple weekends ago. Do you feel like that was like a big turning point where you went without your current girlfriend and you still yeah, kept I, your I, friendships alive and yeah, you're keeping your own sense of brand? It was nice. It was just nice to go on my own little private adventure. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. I'm, I'm adorable. So to wrap this up, I always ask people at the very end what would you like to say to anyone that might help? Like, especially who might be in a situation like you were, or... Get out. <laughs> no, if if you're in any any situation like I was, uh, do your best to take some kind of self-control and start making decisions solely for yourself and not her. Do what's... Or him. Uh, do what's best for you. And uh, if that means you gotta end it, then you gotta end it. 
what made you finally be able to act for yourself? I don't know what motivated me, but when it hit, like the idea that I didn't have to live like that anymore, hit. I couldn't shake it, and I just had to do it. I don't, That's comforting I don't know, that I don't, it just like hits it you. It did. It just, I don't know why. And maybe it was because I was so fed up. I don't know. But when it hit, it hit, and I'm glad I made the decision. But identify that if you're unhappy in a relationship, that you're doing something about it. Either correct it, sit down, have the tough discussion, or get out if it's very extreme. Yeah. That's what I would say. Because in the end, you can do whatever you want to do. You're your own self-motivator. Yeah. So it's not going to just hit you like a thought. It obviously didn't just hit me like a thought, but... You've gotta, you've gotta be able to dig up something for yourself and and use it. Yeah, if that makes any sense. I'm not good at. It does make sense. I'm so inspirational. No, it makes sense. It does. I think it does. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing your story, Brian. Yeah. Tune in next week where I'll be back. I'm, <laughs> I'm a regular now. <laughs> I'm just gonna add Brian jokes every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, we'll insert a dick joke. <laughs> Do you have a dick joke I to don't. close? <laughs> that was false advertising you guys will yeah. <laughs> the moment you put me on the spot I'm no good so yeah we'll probably keep you posted if he does end up doing some stand up comedy yeah <laughs> um, thanks for listening to another week of Running Wild with Christine if you guys have any questions for Brian or for me or any comments um, or ideas or resources that you'd like to share um, you know where to find me and I will make sure to pass it along to Brian that sounds perfect. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, take care of yourselves, my peoples. Um, do something for you this weekend. Um, whether it is getting a drink or making a huge life decision. We won't judge you. Fair enough. Have we been recording this whole time? This whole time. Jesus. This whole time. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you. Thank you for listening. And I will speak to you next week. Oh, 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 oh,